It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, uh, overreaction Monday, and uh, it is a, another Monday here on the Patrick Johnson Show. I am the great P-Man here with you on a uh, gorgeous uh, day. It'll be a nice week. A little bit of rain at last check, uh, possibility for uh, Saturday night. So we'll see. It'll be parents' weekend, so I imagine there will be a good crowd uh, in the hizzle. Uh, that night, uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington producing the show. He, of course, of uh, ECU Sports Network fame, Steve Logan show fame, etc. cetera. Uh, understand Coach Logan will not be in on Friday. For those of you that are faithful listeners uh, to his program and, and tune in during this hour, uh, his brother, as we told you last week, passed. So uh, they will be uh, out for that funeral. Will uh, Coach Logan and his wife and our condolences, of course, to the Logan family on the uh, death of his brother. Uh, so we'll be back in our uh, familiar time slot of five on Friday, Pilk. And uh, I don't know what we'll do. Maybe, maybe we'll gain audience because Logan's so popular. Who knows? Maybe we'll gain listeners. Maybe they'll like what they hear Friday. Maybe, maybe. However, I know a lot of his listeners are maybe. people down at the beach on that are on uh, 96.3, I think. And they, they've been telling him they're glad that they don't have to listen to political talk for an hour. And that's why they like him so much. So I think he's just uh, the better alternative. Should we do political talk for that hour then? Is that maybe, what we should do? Maybe we, we should, should uh, yeah. Hey, I don't think they want you and I doing political talk. I, don't I mean, think it would be that. it would just be an extension of Henry's show with you and I talking. <laughs> with you and I instead of you and Henry. I mean, it would still be as, well, you know. You you are beyond uh, me, at least, in politics. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I uh, get Henry a... Henry, too, I would say. I get some haters on Henry's show, that's for sure. <laughs> I, take, I think I take it a little too far. No, you get a lot of love on there. Well, hey, uh, you know, again, I think another case of, uh, I hate to say more of the same, but a lot of what we saw the uh, really the first uh, or second game of the season, I thought the Pirates played well for a half. Uh, the third quarter, the defense probably stayed out there a little too long, and I think that kind of came back to bite the Pirates in the uh, fourth. And there was a little bit of uh, a... Uh, semblance of uh identity on offense but i still think that has a, a ways to go and uh i don't know we'll see uh there's a lot lot to it uh now uh that uh obviously i think will be decided you know everybody is all worked up about uh gardner webb and they should be they've got an excellent coach and a really good quarterback and they've got a, a team that can score points but then they got beat on the road this weekend at tennessee state 27 25 so there you go. Uh, you want to hear some of the post game, uh, courtesy of the ECU Sports Network, uh, Pilk? We got that ready? Yep, let's do it. All right, let's play our pirate report. Oh, by the way, Sonny Sunholder will be with us uh, in just a little bit if you're with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show today. Uh, we'll hear from Sonny in a few minutes. Uh, but right now, a pirate report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, Coach Houston asked about his thoughts on the second half uh, in the post game on Saturday. I thought our defense was on the field a little bit too much in the third quarter and, uh, you know, 
get got to us there in the fourth, and uh, you know, we weren't able to uh, you know keep up with them right there during uh, you know when they made a made a run there and got the momentum. Uh, if we could have gotten a score there, which we had some opportunities, um, you know, just trying really really hard to get it back to a one score game, and just we, could, we never could do that in the fourth quarter. All right, Coach, on the defensive touchdowns, Pirates scored a, a pair of them, and that helped uh, helped keep them close in the game at Boone. Really good call there with the trap coverage, and um, Antoine made a nice break on the ball. Um, Big-time big play right there by him. And then, you know, Siobhan, you know, able to you not know, only recover the fumble but, uh, you know, take it back for a score. Uh, certainly those two plays were huge. And uh, Coach Houston assessed Alex Flynn's first start. For the most part, it was very positive. Uh, the first interception is, uh, you know, is on him. Uh, I, we really need to look at the other two, um, but uh, you know, it's. I thought, you know, all things considered, I thought he uh, he did a lot of positive things, a lot of things to build on. And uh, he was also asked about uh, the uh, play, and uh, it was kind of a familiar-looking return to form. Pilk, uh, I thought for Rajay Harris, he. He looked a little more like old Rajay Harris in this game at times. Uh, so, Coach talked about Rajay Harris. It was good to see Rajay. Uh, you know, he, he obviously had a lot of uh, a lot of leadership and a lot of a lot of fire in him today. And um, I just wished it could have uh, you know could have resulted in a win. Yep, absolutely. Uh, more from uh, Coach, and uh, let's see here. That would be uh, Bobby B B B B B. On the team's improvement through three games, or really where the team is through three games. I knew coming into this that uh, we had a very challenging non-conference schedule, and uh, you know it's uh, we, we now we've we, we we have hurt ourselves now, but uh, you know it's uh, we have seen improvement, and uh, you know I, I, that's why I, I told the kids in there right now is you know there's there's a good football team in that locker room. We've just got to we've got to continue to push to put it all together. All right, uh, some other things to uh, talk about uh, in this uh, game or players to hear from. Uh, Siobhan Revel, who uh, had uh, one of the defensive scores, a scoop and score. Playing football since I was four, and my coaches always taught me not to, not to stop till you hear that whistleblown. So I, I kind of hesitated. I didn't hear no whistleblown, so I went after him. Picked it up, went for a six. That's awesome. Uh, good moment for him at Boone and uh, – He's also talked about the Antoine Jackson pick. Oh, I was super excited for him. That was a big play. I was excited. Um, I feel like he still still have some little work to do. He still got to step some things up, though. You feel me? I mean, that's with everybody. I feel like the defense, you see you see our potential in the first half. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just got to find them little errors, and we're going to step it up in practice. All right, let's hope they do. And then uh, he gives some more thoughts on Antoine Jackson as a player does uh, Revel. I mean, since the summertime, I already seen it. I seen it in this. I seen the potential he had in him. Yeah, he only seventeen, but hey, I ain't never seen a seventeen-year-old play like that. So young, and you know, it's interesting, uh, Pilk. Uh, as excited as Siobhan Revel was for his scoop and score, I think it says a lot about the quality of kids on this team. He was more excited to talk about Antoine Jackson in those cuts we just played there. He is, and that's leadership right there. I mean, that's yeah, leadership. Exactly. You're right, brother. That is. All right, uh, one more Revel. Uh, he said that the kid, Noel, from uh, App State was the toughest running back they've seen this year, and he was spectacular on Saturday. Number five, I got Miss Props. The toughest, probably the toughest running back we faced so far. 
Um, past games, they was bigger and like not, not as fast, but he's definitely a tough guy. All right, we're going to hear from uh, Alex Flynn here on how the offense has progressed in his opinion uh, and uh, how the offense did progress uh, with him on Saturday. You know, I think we um, the offense was able to move the ball a little bit better and a little more consistency. Um, but, you know, we still got um, the turnovers. We got to, you know, can't have them. Um, it's on me, so got to be better. But um, I think offense is taking the steps, but you got to be better. Uh, Alex Flynn talked about the three interceptions. Yeah, there's a mix of trying to make a play, um, you know, not looking, not looking off the safety enough. Um, you know, just I guess it just comes with uh, more uh, game time. Yeah, and uh, Alex talked about the fast start by the offense. Yeah, I think it was a, um, a good start for us. It got us uh, going a little bit. Um, so that's good to see. You know, we always talk about starting out strong, um, but, you know, it doesn't really make a difference if you can't uh, finish it off. And then uh, one more for Alex Flynn here when he talked about uh, prep as a starter. Well, I found out Thursday um, before practice, but, um, you know, I, pro- I was starting at the beginning of the, uh, the week there. I approach it just the same as I've been approaching every week, um, like I'm going to play. So, um, you know, I was ready. You know, he said it there. Uh, it was Thursday before he uh, uh, was told he was going to be the starter. Uh, I don't know how the reps were divided in uh, practice, but, uh, you know, I think Alex Flynn came out and made a tremendous accounting of himself, all things considered. And, uh, you know, tough deal for the for the kid to kind of get pressed in there, uh, you know, if it was the type of deal he wasn't getting the first team reps and then he finds out Thursday he's going in. Uh, I don't know if he was when, when, you know, we, I think we all kind of wondered why Mason appeared in the game. And and I guess, you know, uh, Flynn might've been a little shaken up and they were attending to him or just checking him out. So that's why Mason was in on that last, from, from what I understand by somebody there, uh, that's not from the football program. That's from somebody who was watching the game as a, uh, an observer, not a fan, but an observer, let's just say. And, uh, that's what they uh, told me. So, um, We'll, we'll find it all out coming up. Coach Houston, 6 o'clock, Inside Pirate Athletics from Tiebreakers on the ECU Sports Network, 94.3 The Game, the IBX Media app, and WNCT.com. So we'll be there. We'll have it for you, and we'll get uh, to the bottom of some of this at uh, quarterback and some other things uh, as far as the uh, Pirates and uh, running Bulldogs at Garner-Webb go and uh, some postmortem on uh, East Carolina and Appalachian uh, State. Again, um, I know right now it seems hard to, to find improvement, but I, I thought the offense looked better. I do feel like the defense, uh, it was tough for them to have gone into the, the second half. And I just, I think the last couple games, they've just been gassed. And so that comes back to the offense has got to sustain some drives. Hopefully they'll be able to do that. Maybe, uh, Flynn will be back in there this week. And with Flynn, uh, maybe getting a full week of prep and, uh, reps, you know, he might be able to really move the ball effectively. Uh, Pilk, you got any thoughts on the game before we uh, grab a break here and get Sonny on? Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, it is kind of the same. I do think the defense maybe played their worst game in the trenches that they have played, uh, which you obviously yeah. thought coming into the season the Michigan game would probably be the worst, but uh, didn't defend the run real well. But overall, like you said, they're gassed. I mean, they look good at the beginning and – you know, obviously, great two defensive touchdowns. The problem is that also 
makes back-to-back possessions for the defense. And then, like you said, when the offense goes three and out and can't sustain anything, they're just gassed. We saw it against Marshall in that fourth quarter, and um, we saw it again this past week. But uh, offense improved to an extent, but still not exactly where you want them to be. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I – and, and I actually thought defensively up the middle, ECU was pretty good. Uh, Luke Larson, I thought, had one of his best games. I mean, he flipped the field a couple times, particularly what led to the the pick six by the 17-year-old, Antoine Jackson. So I think uh, there's a lot of, again, there's some things to take from this. It's just getting everybody that the, the experience and the confidence that they need at this point. Good opportunity to do that with Garner Webb, but you know you can't come into this thing taking the running Bulldogs lightly because they're going to be fired up and ready to play. They led App uh, in the second half of that game in the season opener, so uh, you know I wouldn't expect anything less from Gardner Webb other than their best shot. We'll talk about the running Bulldogs more throughout the week, and of course tonight on Inside Pirate Athletics. Let's take a break when we come back. Ladies, Jay Sonholder will be with us from a video feed, so I'm told. Uh, so we're going to catch up with Sonny ESPN College Football Analyst. We'll talk to uh, Sonny Sonholder right after this. Download the new IBX Media app now and get the show for your ears and eyes. Doesn't it look great on me? This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Okay, uh, we got uh, the great Sonny Sonholder. On with us uh, here, ESPN college football analyst. I'm not going to even say everything I know about what's going on this weekend. I'm just not going to say it. I'm not saying a word about it. I'm not bringing it up. I ju- I've told you what I've thought, and I'm going to leave it at that. Well, I love you, and I agree with you. We're on the same page. <laughs> Just so the world knows we're on the yeah. same page on this. Okay. I don't want to put it's your business. Secret. I'm not putting your business in the streets, but uh, your dad is uh, had a little bit of surgery here, so I hope he's doing okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing better, and uh, God's watching over him. Well, I when Sonny and I have worked together for years, and I think that's uh, – so I know his dad. His dad, Duck, great man. And so, uh, that's just the way it is. You know, people, uh, Sonny, Sonny knows a lot of people that now that I know, and I know a few people Sonny knows he keeps his private life very private. I wonder about it sometimes. All right. Uh, Jay Sunholder is with us, uh, here. Uh, I guess we'll start with the pirates, Sonny. Um, again, I think it was a case of, uh, this is a, it's, it's a rebuild in the sense that you've got to get guys some reps and some experience, and you're doing it at the expense of a really challenging first three games, which, I mean, you and I talked about it on air, and we've talked about it privately. This was not – I mean, the, the easiest uh, on paper of the non-conference games is Saturday, and you get three pretty tough ones. You know, I, I think Marshall's frustrating because they led in the fourth and probably could have and should have won that one. But I think we both knew Michigan – was a near impossibility. It would have taken something somewhat miraculous and app was going to be tough because apps just tough at home. So if you're East Carolina now, what do you got to do to close out September on a high note? Well, I mean, the biggest thing is if you're in that locker room and the coaching staff, you're 0 three, 
So how do you get out of it? Of course, you've got to improve. The biggest thing is, though, you have to stay together and you have to maintain your confidence. And of course, out of this first start, you know, you want to have one these all three of them, but you know, you want to have one or two wins under your belt. And the results aren't there, and and you know people are upset. I guarantee those players and the coaches, you know, are looking at everything any way to make sure there's improvement made and they start winning games. So it's a frustrating feeling. The biggest thing is though, you've got to go out there and maintain your practice habits and act like you know it's it's the first game of the year. So you have to be confident, have to get back out there to work because there's still a long season. But the biggest thing for me is when you watch the film, there are positives, but those weakness areas, you've got to attack those and make sure they get fixed because Gardner-Webb is going to be a challenge. I mean, it, it will be a challenge Saturday. On paper, East Carolina should win the game big, but they're a good FCS team and they have a lot a lot going their way. They made the FCS playoffs last year. They've got a great coach, a good offense. That's going to be up-tempo. So this is going to be a challenge on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, this is not going to be a walk in the park. Now, they're coming off a loss to Tennessee State, so that's kind of like – but that was a conference game for them. They played App tough, but I think App's better now than they were. They've got a better quarterback than they started the season with. And, you know, they ran away from Elon. So, I mean, this is a game to be had. It should go in the W column. Uh, With all of that said, though, because you've played in these type of games where you play in FCS. You played, I think, started your career at the D2 level you know, and then went division one. So, I mean, uh, all without a portal or NIL, I might add, but I, I kind of wonder, you know, Sonny, when, when you've played these games where you would play an FCS and you're, you're the better team on paper, is this a tough week to focus? Or do you think that this and three should have everybody's attention? Well, it should have everyone's attention. I mean, if they were three and O right now, you know, of course you may be a little bit overconfident, but right, right now, you know, unfortunately the pirates, can't be overconfident and they have nothing to be you know (laughs) to come in overconfident about I mean this is a big game and not only do do the Pirates need to win this they need to win win it in a dominating fashion and when I say that of course you want to you know win by a lot of points you need to win on the line of scrimmage this is a game the Pirates should dominate up front on the offense and defensive line and then cleaning up those mistakes from the past few weeks of course those need to be addressed and you want to see improvement there as a player, as a coach, though, this game, you know, when it comes down to it, those big guys up front have to be challenged and they have to win. And then everything else can be, you know, played off of that. But the trenches, that's what I want to watch on Saturday. This pirate football at six o'clock on Saturday, three o'clock begins coverage here on 94.3, the game with our Bushlight Pirate game day countdown. Uh, you played on Skip Holtz's staff, so Donnie Kirkpatrick was a coach on that staff. He is taking a lot of heat right now. Uh, and, you know, I think Donnie's – we both like Donnie, personally. We, we both do. And I think if you're talking about a veteran guy, a steady guy, and someone who's executing the vision that Mike Houston has for this offense, to me, Donnie Kirkpatrick – right now is your best option and you know i think does a i think does a really good job all things considered i i love coach coach kirkpatrick and he's one of the best coaches on that staff and um you know the the issues right now with with the losses it's a whole team issue i mean it involves everybody it's not one person or one coach and i guarantee you 
he's <laughs> he's an outstanding coach. I played for him and with him when he was there. He is an outstanding coach. And the issues that, you know, the offense or this team is facing, it's large scale. It involves everybody. It goes, you know, it goes to everybody has to do a better job. And that includes the players, the coaches, you know, everybody involved. It has to be addressed. But it, believe me, he is an outstanding coach. And I, I love him and, and think that, you know, he's he's a reason to be excited because he's the head of getting it this fixed. And on the offensive side, there are issues. But again, this involves everybody all the way throughout the organization. Yeah. Sonny Sunholder uh, with us uh, here. Alex Flynn started at quarterback. He was told, he said his words uh, Thursday before practice. So I would think that, because I thought, especially early on, the offense looked to have a little ID and they were able to press the ball downfield a little. I know he had three picks, the first one totally on him. I think the other two, I'd be interested to hear what Coach has to say coming up uh, tonight on that. But, you know, to me, the offense looked a little more lively uh, with with Flynn out there. He led him on some touchdown drives. So with a full week of prep, which conceivably would need to be what Flynn would get here, running with the first team the whole nine, uh, do you think Flynn can build on what we did see that was positive Saturday? I think he can build on it. And I, I think the number one thing for me, though, is there has to be a running game. This offense, you know, especially with young developing quarterbacks, they've got to be able to run the ball. And if I'm an offensive player in that meeting, you know, this comes down to the offensive line and the running backs. You've got to help out the quarterbacks where there's been struggles. If you dominate the running game and can run the ball at will, that's going to open up play action pass and it will limit the number of throws. So as far as Flynn, yeah, I think he can develop and get better. I think same thing with Mason. I think these guys with more playing time, they're going to be more comfortable. I mean, that's going to be natural. It's just maintaining your confidence when you're going through kind of this growing phase. But like the veterans, the the guys up front, that's what's going to help out the passing game. That's what's going to help out this whole offense is running the ball and having that commitment to making sure you pick up positive yards every time you run the ball. Yeah. Um, Sonny, uh, you know, I just to me, I think you've this week, as you say, it's a no excuses thing. You just got to win this week. Just win, baby. As Al yeah, Davis win, would say, win big, win big too. Yeah, that would be a good thing to to win big and and kind of have that exhale. Uh, I think there's just a lot. I think a lot of guys are putting a lot of pressure on themselves right now, and uh, they just need to go out and play ball. All right, uh, Philip the ref Pilkington with the ninety four three the game sports flash updated pirate report. Did you know? The Carolina Panthers are playing part of a Monday night doubleheader tonight. The games are staggered. Uh, you'll have one starting at 7. That's the Panthers game, one starting at 8. That is the uh, other game, I think, Steelers-Browns. So anyway, uh, by the way, Steelers have won 20 in a row on Monday night football. How's that for a neato stat, gang? Uh, right now, Philip the Ref Pilkington with uh, news of Pirate Country from over the weekend and a preview of tonight's Panthers game. And then we'll break and we'll come back and uh, we'll talk some more college football with Sonny Sunalder here on the PJ Show. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Hilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Sports Flash update and Pirate Report. The Pirates fell to 0-3 over the weekend with the loss to Appalachian State. However, quarterback Alex Flynn did get his first career collegiate start, and Mike Houston gave his thoughts on his QB's performance after the game. 
for the most part, it was very positive. Uh, the first interception is, uh, you know, is on him. Uh, I, we really need to look at the other two. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I thought, you know, all things considered, I thought he, uh, he did a lot of positive things, a lot of things to build on. Looking over the NFL, there were a couple of key players who suffered injuries this week. Two of them were running backs. David Montgomery injured his hip, and when he was asked about how long the injury would be, he said, quote, a couple of weeks. Also, star Giants running back Saquon Barkley injured his ankle in yesterday's contest with the Cardinals, and he is expected to have an MRI on it later today. The Carolina Panthers will be in action for their second game of the season tonight at 7.15. little awkward start time there for a Monday night game. That game can be heard on Talk 103.7 WTIB. Brian Burns is expected to play in this game despite him not having a contract extension. The Aints are three-point favorites in this ballgame. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash update and Pirate Report on the other side of this time out. We will have more of the Patrick Johnson Show with Jay Sunhalter. Download the new IBX Media app now and get the show for your ears and eyes. Doesn't it look great on me? This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, welcome back. Sonny Sunholder is uh, with us, ESPN college football analyst. And uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington producing, uh, coming up in a little bit. It is inside ECU Athletics with uh, head coach Mike Houston for uh, Pirate Football tonight from Tiebreakers. Steve and I go from Hoist the Colors and myself will be there live. All right, uh, Pilk or uh, Sonny, I should say, not to confuse the two. Uh, Sonny, uh, did you watch the 60 Minutes thing last night uh, on Deion Sanders? It's the second year in a row that they have previewed Deion. They did back at Jackson State and then previewed him uh, a feature on him last night on Colorado. I thought he was fantastic. I'm all in on Coach Prime, but did you see that? I saw clips of it, but, I mean, I, I okay. already know what he's about, and I would commit to him if he offered me a scholarship. You kind of have the Coach Prime look. You have the hoodie and the hat. If you have the mirrored sunglasses and and perhaps a, <laughs> a, a gold crucifix, I'd say a bedazzled with jewels gr- crucifix, I'd say your coach prime. Are you going coach prime here? Let's yeah, see. I can do it now. All right, let's see. Here's Sonny going coach prime for the segment. Put his sunglasses. I can do it. This. All right, now you're coach prime. The Colorado State would say you're not an adult because you're you're not talking <laughs> to an adult with a. Anyway, uh, I got hooked in on that on Saturday. You know, I pirate game, pregame pirate game, and I had some TV that night. And I got home, and I just – I was hooked. I was in on the Colorado State-Colorado yeah. thing, and it goes double overtime, and they win. I actually rewatched it this morning uh, when ESPN replayed stuff. So, uh, doing his best coach prime, Sonny Sunholder, I mean, what a win that was for Dion and that program. First of all, do you want me to keep my, these glasses on or take them off? You could take – it's up to you. It's your call. Right. I'll wear them for you a ta- second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear them. We wore so, them in I our mean, TV stand-up. We wore sunglasses, and, and I'm surprised you did that. But but it was your call. I'm just there <laughs> filling time, so I'm just yeah. So so with with Colorado, what were they last year? They were one in eleven, unwatchable. What are they this year? Their ratings are through the roof. They're three and zero. Oh. And it was and the highest they, rated game of ESP. Yeah. It was the highest rated game Saturday of all games. 
I mean, so, so, you know, I mean, obviously I know a lot of people love them, but if anybody, you know, says, is this real or they don't like it or whatever, I mean, the results are the results. People, they're winning, but people care and it's changed the whole program up there. I mean, can you imagine how much fun it is to play for them? Like whether they win or lose against Oregon and USC, they're going to have fun. And the way he builds a program, there's so many coaches out there that are strict disciplinarian and, you know, maybe not fun. It, it would be fun to play for him and just sit in those meeting rooms and what he's able to do for that, for that whole program. That state is, is he's completely changed the culture. So I'm a big fan. I believe in it. And, and honestly, he's probably going to be there two years. Um, and then, and then he's going to go to another program because he's going to have so much success. Or do you think he'll go to the NFL? Maybe. He he said publicly he doesn't want to go to the NFL because okay. he doesn't want to coach millionaires. But um, it all depends on Shadur because Shadur is going to be a first round pick. Yeah, it's a good point. So if he if that he could a good go to point. a franchise, if he could go to a franchise and coach Shadur, which you know who knows it could happen, I think he'd go for that. But I mean, he said he doesn't want to, but I, he he's going to get another job. I'll put it that way. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, Jay Sunholder is uh, with us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We talk to Sonny every Monday. Georgia survives a little bit of a scare between the hedges against South Carolina. The Gamecocks kind of – our girl Kendall Smith said they blew it, so I'm going to go with what Kendall said and that and say that Cocky blew that one. So uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think, I think Georgia's sleepwalking right now. I mean, their schedule – in South Carolina's a rivalry game. Their schedule is soft until they get to the SEC championship. I mean, at Tennessee will be a test. But, I mean, I, I think that's a case of, you know, it's a rivalry game and South Carolina made plays, Georgia took over. Now, the the one concern I have for Georgia is when you don't face really difficult tests throughout the year, how much are you getting better and how are you going to react, you know, later on in the year? Same thing with Michigan. I mean, Michigan hasn't, you know, they've blown through everybody they've played um, and they're not going to have tests till later on. So, I'm still a believer in Georgia and Michigan at the top, but um, I, they haven't really been challenged. Florida State is number three. They were given a hard time by Boston College, trailed in that game. I'll see them this weekend at Clemson. Do you think Florida State is ripe for an upset going to Death Valley? I do. I do. I think I think they are really good, and I think right now they deserve that number three ranking. I think, though, Clemson as an underdog at home – I think that's a dangerous team for Florida State to win that game. I, I think that thing I think that could be an upset. If it is an upset with Clemson winning it, I do think Florida State is going to be challenged in that game. There were a ton of Alabama fans in Tampa because that's where they played South Florida. That game was probably closer than it should have been, uh, one would think. But uh, you know, Bama pitched the shutout after the first and only gave up a field goal. Defensively, I'm not so much worried right now about Alabama. Um, I think they have their hands full against uh, Ole Miss this weekend. It's going to be tough. Can they score points? Because Ole Miss is going to find a way to score points. I, I think Alabama is stacked on their roster. They just don't have a quarterback. If they had a quarterback, then they'd be probably one of the top three teams in the country. They don't have a quarterback, so it's going to be a challenge. I think Ole Miss could pick them off this weekend because if you don't have a if you don't have somebody behind center, you have to run the ball, and they're going to yeah. have to run the ball. And Ole Miss knows that, so it's going to be tough. And anytime Lane Kiffin goes against Saban, 
he always, you know, he's always got something in his back pocket offensively to score some points. So I yeah. think Ole Miss could win that game. Let's take a look at the American slate for this weekend really quick. Uh, I think we're SMU, by the way, raised like $100 million in like a seven-day yeah. stretch. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, if, if that were what we were measuring things on, SMU's the champion. Uh, SMU <laughs> at TCU this weekend at noon. Are we going to find out anything about either team here, uh, particularly SMU? I think it's going to be a, a high-scoring game, and I think it's going to be close. Um, I think – yeah, in that ball game, I think being at TCU is going to be an advantage. Um, so I would, I would kind of go with them. I think it's going to be a shootout, though. Tennessee got beat by Florida. They host Texas San Antonio. The Roadrunners are banged up, big time. I mean, quarterback hurt, offensive linemen are hurt, uh, so they don't have the full complement of players. Otherwise, I think Tennessee might be need to be a little nervous. Uh, but I think the Vols roll in that one. Um, Rice and South Florida are playing in a conference game. Uh, number 25, Florida hosting Charlotte. Uh, can, is there anything – I mean, look, Biff, Poji called his uh, – said, I'm, I'll blow this whole thing up now if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? In his words, he said he went scorch earth on, a, on him. I, so that game, I mean, Florida just had a huge victory over Tennessee. Charlotte lost at home to Georgia State. So you figure on paper, oh, Florida's going to win big. I think the opposite of that. I think Charlotte was challenged in Florida after that win. It's hard to regroup and refocus, especially against a team that you you know should win. So I, I think that game's going to be closer than people think. Similar to similar to when Maryland played Charlotte, that game was close yeah. and Charlotte jumped out. I think I think this I think Charlotte is going to come out and play really good and maybe a little letdown game for Florida. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, UAB at number one, Georgia. We already talked about the Bulldogs. Memphis is somehow three and zero, and they are at Missouri. Of course, Missouri coming off the big win against Kansas State. So you know, from that standpoint, maybe Mizzou's a little ripe for the picking. I don't know. Great kick to end that game. How about that? But I, I, I'm not so sold on Memphis at three. And I think that Hennigan is a top three in the league quarterback in the American. I, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's that good. Um, I I believe that they are somewhat fraudulent in their three. You know, they got lucky against Navy. That's a Navy team that's still trying to figure itself out a little bit offensively. Uh, but. I'm not so sure about um, – I mean, I just I just think – I'm not sold on the Memphis coaching, and I'm not sure – I mean, the 3-0 and for the Tigers is a little deceiving, I, I would have to say. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think I think it's a lot to be said for going 3-0. and I, I am with you, though, that it's not the strongest 3-0 and record. I think Missouri is going to have a lot of confidence after that victory against Kansas State. And I think they're going to keep that momentum. It's going to be tough for Memphis to win that game on the road, but I, I do think Memphis is doing good things. They're just they they're not the normal three and O team that's that's been perfect. I think they they still have issues they need to fix. Well, I mean, they beat Bethune Cookman, which was a yeah. They do have a quarterback, which helps. Uh, I think Bethune Cookman was a walk in the park. Arkansas State's one of the worst FBS teams. So, and then they just barely survived Navy on Thursday. Granted, it was a short week to deal with whatever Navy's doing offensively now, but uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm not uh, at this point sold on uh, on the uh, on the Tigers. We'll see.
All right, uh, Jay Sonny Sunholder, there he is. I tell you where he's headed this weekend, but he doesn't. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going. Just I'm. Ha! Ah! Anyway, <laughs> you're my guy, Sonny. You know I love you. Love you. And <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see you Friday. How about that? Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right. There he is, Jay Sonny Sunholder with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, Philip, I'm going to head over to tiebreakers. We'll have inside Pirate Athletics coming your way at the top of the hour. It'll be at 6 o'clock here on 94.3 The Game and on the ECU Sports Network. You're going to preview a little Monday night for us with the Panthers? Oh, Pilk? yeah. Is that we're the plan? definitely going to preview okay. some Monday night football. We're actually going to okay. start doing it now. We're going to start. We're going to, we might get in a little trouble on the YouTube for this, but, uh, we're bringing a little Hank Jr. in right now. Okay. I don't know. Can you hear it yet? I hear it. There you go. That, that's, this is our preview for Monday night. Even though he doesn't do the Monday night song anymore. Uh, he should. He should. He should. I miss Hank Here on Monday go. night. Yeah. There it is. All right. Pilkington's Monday night football preview for the Panthers coming up as we go to break. This is a long ramp-up. I forgot how long the ramp-up yeah, is. Yeah, I did, too. And I, I found the instrumental version. I think it's not as loud as it should be. Ah, okay. There well, we that's fine with that said. Let's see. Yeah, it is the instrumental version. So you might not get mu that much trouble then with the platforms. You never so know. You never know with these platforms. It's day-to-day. -day. But aren't we all? All right. Uh, we're coming back with more. Right after all of uh, this with Philip the Ref Pilkington wrapping up things on a manic Monday. Uh, see you back here tomorrow at 5 o'clock for the PJ Show with our Houston Huddle. And tomorrow morning on Talk of the Town, likewise, our Houston Huddle. Uh, see you in the morning at 7 there. And uh, talk to you in a few minutes inside Pirate Athletics from Tiebreakers with Coach Houston right here on the game. And now... The stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Welcome into our final segment of the Patrick Johnson Show, Monday edition. Patrick is on his way to tiebreakers for the coaches show with Mike Houston. I'm Philip Pilkington. I will be taking you up until that show. Monday night football tonight. Panthers and the Saints. Panthers come in 0-1 off the heels of a loss to the Falcons. Uh, Saints 1-0. They beat Tennessee last week in a game where I think there was some controversy at the end. I'll be honest, should have done a little more research on that one. I could not remember um, exactly what happened. They played at 1, so naturally I was watching the Panthers game instead. But uh, Panthers last week fell 24-10 in the ATL, a place they've historically struggled. Um I didn't think they played bad. There's a lot of fans out there that are saying, oh, they look terrible, all oh, this, all oh, that. Um, they made a lot of mistakes, which, you know, six or seven plays define a football game. And the Panthers, unfortunately, did not come out good on those six or seven plays. But at the end of the day, obviously, you want to win every game. You play the game to win the game. But, you know, this is a brand-new coach brand new quarterback and you know if we win the division this year and get some playoff experience great but I think this year is about building it's about building a foundation for the future and you just want to see improvement each week you want to wake up in mid-November and say hey I get to watch the Panthers today not oh crap they're playing really it's Sunday this stinks like it because that's really how it's felt the last few years really through the Matt Rule era and you just want to 
see light at the end of the tunnel. So, yeah, they made big mistakes. They turned the ball over. Few too many penalties. More penalties than you would like to see in that game. Nine penalties for 66 yards. But if you look play in and play out throughout that game, I think the Panthers were better. 21st downs to 13 for Atlanta. Uh, Carolina, 5 of 14 on third down. Atlanta, 2 of 10. Uh, They had 60 more total yards. They ran 72 plays to Atlanta's 48. So I feel like it really wasn't a terrible game. Like I said, the, the mistakes were just daunting for sure. But, hey, you know what? Rookie quarterback, this is a guy who's used to being better than everybody else on the field. I mean, he was clearly the best player in college football. He was the number one pick. Well, I guess Caleb Williams was not draft eligible. He was the Heisman winner, so maybe Caleb Williams was the best player. But he didn't play against USC last year. Alabama did not, meaning every time Bryce Young stepped on the field, he was probably the best player. His receivers were better than the DBs, uh, and that's the other thing. He doesn't have a true number one wide receiver right now. Um, DJ Moore looks great, by the way, in Chicago, and I do wish him the best there. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate that they lost, but I really think this is – they're in a good spot. Um, I think we saw a lot of things to build off of. Unfortunately, we lost Brady Christensen for the season. And uh, losing a starting offensive lineman hurts. We lost J.C. Horn for at least the next four weeks. So that's tough. Um, Things you don't want to see. But, hey, injuries don't kill a team. Penalties and mistakes kill teams. Uh, Injuries just uh, give you that next man up opportunity. And uh, it's going to be an opportunity for some guys tonight with, you know, said guys out. So I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. Now, with that being said, you really want to win tonight. And that's not just because the old cliche thing, it's it's the biggest game because it's the next game. But when you look at the schedule coming up at Seattle, home against Minnesota, at Detroit, at Miami, those are your next four games, and they lead into your bye week. You don't want to go into that bye 0-6. And I'm not saying if they lose tonight, they're going to definitely lose the next four. And I'm not saying if they win tonight, they're only going to be 1-5. But on paper, Seattle – better than New Orleans. Minnesota, better than New Orleans. Same thing can be said for both Detroit and Miami. Um, These are teams with good quarterbacks, quarterbacks that can pick any defense apart, maybe not Geno to the extent of Tua Golf and uh, Kirk Cousins. But, you know, these are games where this this is going to be tough to win, especially going to Seattle. Carolina historically doesn't play good in Seattle. Um... Week 6, 2015, they won there. Other than that, I'm sure there has been a win, but it can't come, doesn't come to my head. Um, obviously, we're 0-2 there in the playoffs. Uh, Seattle's just a tough place to play in general. That place is loud. It's built for sound to be kept in. Um, the fan base is passionate. So, it's going to be a... Uh, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. And now, I know we got to worry about tonight, but... I think you got to win tonight. You don't want to start 0-2. And, again, I know the, the – I shouldn't say the goal is not to make the playoffs, but the goal is to build a foundation so that you can win a Super Bowl in the next, you know, five to ten years. And under this coaching staff with this quarterback, that's the goal. Win a Super Bowl. It's all that matters. And uh, you got to build that foundation this season. So, you know, it's 
it's not going to be done or not done tonight, but you, you want to win as many games as possible this early, build up some confidence. Because, like I said, you don't want to start 0-6. And I'm not saying they're going to start 0-6, but um, big opportunity tonight against a Saints team that, you know, they're not bad by any means. They're not the worst team on this schedule. As you look the back half of the Panthers' schedule, a lot easier. You had all the AFC South teams, with the exception of Jacksonville, the AFC South is horrendous. Get Chicago, got Green Bay, got some of these other divisional teams at home. So uh, it, it does get easier on that back half. But the Saints, um, I think they're about like Carolina, middle of the pack team. Still not a hundred percent sure about their entire D of their roster. Obviously, no Alvin Kamara tonight. He's still out, and they did not run the ball well last week. You could tell. They were missing their star running back. 45 yards on the ground for this team, but they threw the ball well. Alave is a heck of a receiver. He looked good in both games against Carolina last year. Had over 100 yards last week. I think the fact that Michael Thomas is back, yes, he's not what he used to be, but he's still very much a part of this team and a guy that has to be respected and that is opening up even more lanes for Olave. Um, the corners are going to have to play mature football tonight. Defense is going to have to get to the quarterback, force Derek Carr into some mistakes. You know, he's one of those guys that when he plays good, he plays good. When he plays bad, it can be rough. So if we can get to him early, um, make him throw off his back foot a couple times, get him in the dirt, or I guess, well, probably not. You're not allowed to touch quarterbacks anymore. Conversation for another day. But, uh, you know, it's it's an opportunity for the Panthers tonight for sure. But uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I think the weather's supposed to be pretty good. Um, maybe crappy weather, if that would come into play, would be a good thing for the Panthers, I would say. Uh, I think we have a better of a rushing attack. Chuba Hubbard last week, man, he looked really good. Uh, he looked like the guy that he was his junior year in college. And uh, we need him to be that guy. He's finally learned to block. Most rookie running backs can't block worth a crap. And he couldn't his rookie year. He has slowly progressed, I think. I remember that Miami game his rookie year. He was in on the punt uh, punt team and just totally blocked the guy on his outside instead of his in. You know, first rule special teams block the guy on the inside and dude runs in, blocks the punt, no problem. They score on it. So uh, Chuba's come a long way. Uh, both as a back, or I should say, as a as a ball carrier as well as a uh, a blocker, um, didn't use Miles Sanders much as I thought. But hey, if, you know, if she was running well, feed the hot hand. It just proves that we've got a two headed monster in this backfield, and um, I think there's a lot of uh, opportunities. You know, a lot of different receivers got the ball last week, which you'd love to see out of a rookie quarterback. Him not looking to the same guy every play because so many rookies want to just focus in on that one guy. So we just need to see progress from last week, from week one to week two. Does Bryce Young look more comfortable? Does the team look more comfortable in the Frank Reich regime? Hopefully they do. So that can be heard on Talk 103.7 WTIB tonight. Panthers, Saints, not sure exactly what time network coverage starts, but the game is a awkward 7.15 kickoff. So some like 
NBA kickoff or, you know, tip-off times there. Anyways, that'll do it for our show here. Stay tuned. We have the Coaches Show from Tiebreakers, part of the ECU Sports Network with Patrick Johnson, Stephen Igo, and Mike Houston on the other side of this break. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>